Hello and welcome to the Look It Up podcast. We're your hosts, Julie. And I'm Natalie. And this week we're going to be talking about Kidfluencers. Before you um, get started on Kidfluencers, I wanted to talk about um, sharenting, which is a term that I recently learned from a video by the the Wall Street Journal. Have you heard of sharenting before? No, I have not. It's, um, It's to do with parents oversharing about their children online i feel like yeah. everyone's seen this like um particularly on facebook you'll get a lot of like mums just like constantly posting photos of their mm-hmm, kids mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it was a really interesting video because it had uh three children of different ages like confronting their parents on how much they share about them online and yeah. I think it's just because like the parents don't realize um I know it's like with good intention but they don't realize like the threat to identity and like privacy that sharenting like has like yeah. I, I don't know do your, do your parents share just... much about you online oh or... they don't even have social media so that's no oh that's such a blessing that's <laughs> that such is... a blessing <laughs> there is no um fear of that because I mean my cousins and you know how cousins are either snitch cousins or they're like best friends with you? Like all my cousins are snitches. So I've blocked what? all of them. I've blocked really? all of them on social media. But there's like absolutely no fear that my... Pa- I didn't even have to think about whether I sh- needed to block or not block my parents because none of... They don't have social media at all. Like That is actually amazing. I'd, I would love that. Because like I've, I've definitely had a, a couple of conversations with like my mum on like how much she shares about me online how much does your mom share about you well i think it's, it's oh more is your mom like, a facebook mom she is kind of a facebook mom she, she your is dad's an instagram mom. dad though isn't he he was but now he's taken a very like anti-facebook approach to things which i respect he, like anti-whatsapp anti-facebook anti-instagram um to be fair i kind of want to get rid of my facebook but at this point it feels like too much too much is on there like in terms of uh connecting with people like, yeah. I can't step back from you that. You never know. You never know where those connections will will take you. Oh, it, yeah, it's just like, there's certain friendship groups and stuff that are so active on on Facebook Messenger, for example. I can't, like, leave, because <laughs> then I'll be the <laughs> only one left, like, leaving. So um, your mum shares a lot about you. Yeah, or, like, it's, it's more like she would share more if I didn't like make a very clear stance <laughs> quite early on. <laughs> I mean, on. You're, you're quite a private person anyway. Yeah, so I'm very I just private. feel like you wouldn't share any, like, some things I found out about you that I literally never knew was happening at the time. And then months later, you'd be like, this happened, like, <laughs> eight months ago. <laughs> true, but, um, true. Yeah, so Actually, maybe really... that is where you go for updates. If you were, if you were friends with should my mum. Should I text you would... your mum? Be like, yeah, I think so. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I was going to say, like, because parents and they have social media accounts and they're sharing their life and for a lot mm. of mums especially um their life is their kids so it kind of exactly like makes sense that that would be what they would post and I guess it, you just don't really think about like un- unless you're really big on privacy you don't want to share pictures of your kids online yeah that would they would just naturally want to share parts of but yeah I feel like in in this case especially with like these mums um what I think they don't get is that once you share um, something to, once you upload something, it, it doesn't matter like if it's only amongst friends or something. It's it's like up there and it's never going to come down. So yeah, things like um, there was uh, one of the girls was saying that she was uncomfortable with her mum uploading pictures of her in a bikini 
um because she was like 12 or 13 at the time um, yeah and her mom was like but like it doesn't matter because you you know you're on a beach and like there were loads of people there and also the only the only people i'm friends with are like family members and people mm-hmm. i know in real life but mm-hmm. i think like any anybody under the age of like 25 will fully understand that just because it's limited to like yeah uh, um i also think like yeah it's, i had this it's gonna thought get out. the other day you never know what people are doing with your photos like exactly. i feel like you you have to like come to terms with the fact that once you post a picture it is out there forever mm, mm. and you don't know what people are doing with it so for example recently recently i was really curious about the instagram like insights function so yeah. I, my instagram is on public my personal instagram and I changed it to like a professional account just to see my insights. And yeah. I scrolled through all my past photos and some of my photos, they've been saved. Like, but I don't know who saved them or why that they, why they've saved them. Or it doesn't what... say who saved them. No, it just, it just shows how many people have saved your, that particular picture. And it would just be a picture of, of just weird. me, like a selfie or just like, I don't know, like, Take it as a compliment, but also that is a bit weird. Yeah, so I don't know. So you just have to come to terms with the fact that you don't know what they're going to do with it or who saved it. Or, you know, Mm. once you've put it out there, that's just something you have to accept if you've, like, made it public like me or... The video uh, had some facts that I thought were quite alarming. Like, by the age of five, the average child has 1,500 photos of them online. By the age of five... Wow. And That's and um by 2050, two it's predicted that two thirds of identity fraud will be as a result of parents sharing information about their kids online. Two thirds. And you know what? I fully believe that. Like the way that deepfake technology is going and just like yeah, just everything that the parents share. <laughs> um birthdays and like where they live and and like you know pictures of uh kids in uniform so it'll say like what school they go to like marking all the milestones of like when they pass their driving test or all that mm-hmm, stuff like mm-hmm, I, yeah. it's it's scary but it's also like not very surprising also the security questions these days are so simple like what was your maiden mm. name or mum's or maiden even, name or yeah like... or even like uh your best friend from childhood i with enough facebook digging i feel like you, you could, could crack that yeah you definitely could and because you get a couple of tries as well, so you could just try different people. Exactly. Yeah. Well, um, the thing is, like, that's that's like sharing for the most part is like quite limited because um, it's it's private. But you do get people that share information about their kids and try and monetize that. So that's where mm. we get into that is <laughs> that's that's a very long winded uh, <laughs> try to segue into uh, kid fluences and like. The whole phenomenon of um, like family phenomenon. blogging, phenomenon, phenomenon, phenomenon <laughs> of uh, phenomenon. Yes, phenomenon. <laughs> you are we've phenomenal. Been, we've been indoors <laughs> for far too long. <laughs> uh, yeah, like um, family vlogging. Okay, so the main like I'm sure most people would have heard of Ryan Toys reviews. Mm, yes, yes. It, it's a well, he's now 10, um, and he started when he was three, so he's been doing it for seven years. And That long? Oh, my yeah. God. And he now... He, well, imagine 
starting when you were three, like that's literally your parents posting like, just pictures of videos of you playing with some toys. And somehow, somehow that blew up because he was like a hit amongst young kids. Like when my cousin was like five or six, yeah. he was absolutely obsessed with Ryan's toys. Like, wait, so you've actually like experienced, experienced like somebody I've watching? Seen, yes. Like he would nonstop talk about Ryan as if he was his friend. It, I think it's oh the, my god that sense of um, looking and seeing someone your age and almost being an envy, feeling an envy, yeah, yeah, of definitely. them and wanting to be them, but wanting to be that their friend. They don't really understand that, you know, when you're a parasocial kid, really, relationships making yeah, a comeback, but for children, you don't really get you don't really get that like this kid doesn't know who you are and he's like millions of miles away and doesn't care yeah, yeah. because he's just taking part in a commercialized business scheme mm. but um is it's like he was really invested and he would um want the toys that ryan had like when ryan yeah. was reviewing the toys that that is generally the, the premise of the youtube channel mm. and yeah it was just it was very personal and very like very real to him yeah like uh just just for context like um ryan ryan toys review the channel it's um, estimated that he made $22 million in 2018 alone. Mm-hmm. Like, I I didn't have time he to has, research, like, the 40, recent years. 40 million subs. I think it's 26. I think I've read 26 somewhere. For for maybe past, like, for more year. recent years? Yeah, but crazy. That's that's insane amounts of money. And, I yeah, I mean, that's, 40, that's the only reason I know who he is. is, is just in, it's just insane. That's one of the, like the biggest channels yeah because i i actually uh remember hearing articles about this about like um kids unboxing and like toys review channels from i think it was it was quite a while ago it was like five years ago because there was this one channel that was getting really big called um fun toys collector yeah fun toys collector um because yeah. it, it was this woman who was anonymous you only saw her hands and she had like a slight accent to her voice and she just basically unboxed loads of toys uh, I think the channel is dead now, but um, <laughs> I just I bring it up because uh, apparently it might actually be an ex porn star. Apparently, the <sighs> Daily Mail uncovered who it was, and it was a ex porn star. So like, <laughs> but she's made so much money. I think she made um, like five That's million dollars in one year. Show her face because there's so maybe much stigma, yeah stigma around sex work. Exactly, like she would never. If if parents knew, I don't think they would let yeah, their kids watch. Exactly. But yeah, the the unboxing channels are just like i actually watched quite a few for this video Mm. for this podcast and it's it's like it's too much it's like it's like crack cocaine it's it's (laughs) like the trippiest it's so brightly colored it's like the perfect um mix of like Mm -hmm. asmr because you get like the the plastic crinkle all these like super bright colors and then i was oh yeah there was um i was looking at child psychologists like trying to understand what is it that makes these so addictive but it's yeah it's like the anticipation um of like unboxing mm-hmm. it and then like the dopamine hit of when it's revealed and like yeah kids kids like collecting things they like like sets yeah i was about to say it must be really rooted in like materialism like wanting possessions and um, yeah and it's like seeing all the characters like in a set revealed to you it's like immensely gratifying back to ryan because obviously i was watching a few of these like over my cousin's shoulder when he was younger um Mm -hmm. and i could just sense that 
the, the energy levels in the video were just insanely high. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. was, I was literally like, whoa, what's going on here? Like, everyone is shouting. Like, I fully believe I that I they w- drug the kids. I feel like they're giving them, like, t- three cups of coffee before they do it. Because they're just <laughs> bouncing off the walls. They're, like, screaming over, like, an Easter egg or something. Yeah. And also, like, what I found, what struck me as very, very, very strange, and this is where... Um, when you mentioned doing Kidfluences as a video, uh, as a, a podcast episode, I was really on board because I definitely had those worries about ethics from when I was looking at those videos back mm. like years ago. Because in the video, Ryan was wearing his own merch. He was wearing a t-shirt, like a cap, like all of these things, just emblazoned with his own face and just like oh, it had his ra- face on it. Yes, and it, it just had like Ryan's toys like written all over it, like, and they would dress him up like that to go out. Like, so it's just like if that's happening to you on a very regular basis throughout your whole childhood from three till ten, that is yeah. way more than half of his life. That's most of his life. Like, how are you bringing up your child? Like, are you not bringing them up to be spoilt because? they're buying him toys like every week and he has no Uh, to be honest at this at this point they're probably not even buying it i wouldn't be surprised if every single major toys yeah yeah, are giving it to him and they're they're being paid to promote it i don't doubt that either and it's just yeah it must really like um mess up his sense of like the worth of money if everything Mm -hmm. is being given to him and also he just like there's no concept of um assigning value to things like you know when you got yeah. a toy when you toy when you were younger and you would keep that toy that was like your favorite toy and this mm. is something that you assign sentimental value to but yeah if you have so many toys you're not really likely to just be attached to just one of them like your attention span is also going to be all over the place because you're just attracted to the next sparkly thing like the next new thing and novelty is like <laughs> I'm trying to imagine just... like a uh, Ryan Toys, like some hardened middle-aged soul trapped in a child's body. Like, I know, oh yes, I really, I've got to really go wonder. to work today, and like mm. another six unboxing videos to film today. And well, I mean, he's probably if you know this is another thing that I wanted to bring up later. But if he, as long as he doesn't get sick of being an entertainer, a public entertainer, mm. he has a job set for life. Like he can easily rebrand yeah. and transform yeah. into a normal adult YouTuber and just have people grow up with him because people who've grown yeah, up with fully. him, like my cousin, they can always like transition as like they get older. If, as he gets older, I'm sure it will just transition either into like uh, video gaming unboxings yeah, or, exactly. or tech unboxings. They're really popular. Um, basically whatever he's interested subs, in. 40 million subs will last you a lifetime. Like, yeah. Even if yeah. half of them unfollow, you've still got 20 That's million. That's still 20 stuff. million. Wow. <laughs> yeah. It's it's crazy. I I saw another thing about um apparently one fifth of the top 100 YouTube channels are about toys. One fifth. That's that's a lot. Mm-hmm. And like I just I feel like there's a whole aspect of YouTube that I'm just not seeing because yeah, the algorithm knows that I'm a <laughs> I don't watch much YouTube to be honest in general. Do you not? Anyway. No, I oh, don't. Oh, I, I spend, like, I, I really do. Do you find yourself in those, like, wormholes? The ones that yeah, like, it'll be take like... you random places? Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like, I like to and think I'm learning from it. before you know it, it, you're, like, learning about the molecular structure of graphene or something. 
Oh my god, I'm literally subscribed to one of my favorite channels at the moment. It's called, um, I think it's like Two Minute Test Papers or something. It's basically like an AI um, research person and he does like reviews on like the latest. It's it's really weird. It's like AI is learning how to play video games and stuff and... I have no idea. I have no. I have no understanding. It's all about because, like, the this, AI these days. Yeah, but this he's he's like he's an actual professor, and like the people in the comments are either students or very heavily invested in this stuff. I have no un- understanding of like anything that he's talking about, but I still watch it because it's like, oh yeah, <laughs> do your His stuff. simulation of cloth is like super good. Um, <laughs> oh uh, yeah, so I think the the reason why we should be concerned about this about like unboxings on youtube and just like kids youtube generally is because um for ages kids television especially like in the us and the uk there are lots of laws that like limit the kind of content that they show um Mm. i think there are there are specific things like it has to be educational and there are limits on the amount of ads that can run in between shows and like what kind of things they're showing also uh they can't uh show ads related to the tv show like back to back so you wouldn't get like paw patrol is a really popular kids show at the moment you wouldn't get adverts for paw patrol merchandise straight after watching paw patrol right um and also you know things like uh advertising of foods like sugary snacks and stuff like that's that's not allowed why is it that you can't advertise for merchandise after? I think it's just because, like, it would make it too easy. Like, imagine that. You're a kid, you're watching Paw Patrol for 20 minutes, and then you get an advert for, like, a Paw Patrol-related merchandise. It it would just... It's, like, too much. Like, the kid would want that thing straight away. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, um, it's not just really good advertising. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like, uh, all the advertisers are obviously trying to work their way into kids' minds. Because they don't really care about the kids, they just want the money. But the the thing is, like, TV and film has, like, has been around so long that there are regulations in place. But when it comes to YouTube, when it comes to anything online, it's a free-for-all. There's, like, no restrictions. And that's what leads to, like, so many bad things happening on on Mm -hmm. YouTube. Um, So family vloggers. Have you ever watched any family vlogs or, like... I do actually follow... um the mcclaw family on instagram um -hmm. it's like this mixed race family um with a black mom and a white dad and they have two girls who are twins um called ava and alexis and i follow their instagram page i don't watch the youtube stuff but um it's just really heartwarming i guess to see like kids growing up i don't know there's just something Mm. nice about it and they're really wholesome like it's about their mom teaching them like good values and it was just cute when they were young because they were really advanced like in speaking that like, they would just have conversations with each other that were really funny <laughs> I think that's how they got po- popular because they were just like it was twins having conversation and like all of it would not make sense but like they were really cute and they had just had such intention behind their words but like none of it made any sense <laughs> so yeah Um, and now they're much older obviously but mm, mm. yeah it's just now it's like how they grow up and stuff i think uh, yeah i can see value in it and like i can understand also like neither of us have kids but i can imagine that if i were to have a kid obviously you turn to like family but if i had questions about like what to do in certain situations i would turn to youtube because i feel like 
you know, there's whole generations of past mothers that have uploaded yeah. their wisdom to YouTube that I could benefit from. Yeah, I agree. And there's so much information online nowadays in terms of, like, motherhood. Like, what we were saying about, uh, like, regulations and whatnot. Basically, I found that there are some family vlog channels that have done very problematic things, but because, like... Such as? But there's, but there's no consequence to it. So um, one of these channels is called Norris Nuts, which I think is a terrible name for like a family <laughs> channel. I don't, I don't know. Norris Nuts. Um, right. It's like, it's, it's exploitative because they just keep seeming to have more kids. Basically, like, I think, I think their family is over four kids at this point. And every time it's like a big thing of like, I'm going to, I'm pregnant, pregnancy reveals. And also involving their children in every step of the way so there was even a video where they were um and the mother was like talking about how she had a miscarriage and she was like filming her children's reaction to it and it was really sad because one of the one of the kids started crying and stuff and like believing that somehow he had caused the miscarriage and it's like it just wasn't handled at all sensitively really clickbait thumbnails really clickbait titles everything's in caps with like lots of exclamation marks like you know it's yeah it's just really uncomfortable to watch um and then a worse one channel is called micah stauffer 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 i'm gonna go with that um and it's a family vlogging channel here we go here we go Adopted a mm. Chinese boy with autism in 2017. No, I heard about this one. I heard about this one. Yeah. Yeah. And then basically and then decided she documented the entire process, like multiple videos that were fully monetized about yeah. this kid. And then he got rehomed after two years. So in 2019, people started to notice that this, this boy called Huxley, they named him Huxley, was no longer appearing in any of the YouTube stuff or Instagram stuff. And so they started asking, like apparently um, a fan, a fan page of the, this family blogging channel um, started like DMing the the pages, like asking like what had happened to the kid because they were worried and they got blocked and everyone who was trying to DM them was getting blocked. And so they basically like pressured into coming forth that basically they, yeah, it was it was too much for them to handle the um he had to go to like behavioral therapy and all that stuff but it just sounds like excuses because like they were given like a full breakdown of like this kid's medical background when they got him Mm -hmm. um and like they made a big deal about like wanting to adopt a child with a learning difficulty because i don't know what their reasoning was but um probably like to do with like trying to help people and then, yeah, after after two years, they they asked to have him rehomed. The, the thing is, um, apparently one in five adopted children do get rehome, rehomed and like return mm. to the agency. So it's not uncommon. But the thing is, it tends to be done very, very early on. Yeah. Because like you, you, you kind of know pretty quickly how, how it's going to so go. You, but the f- you think it was just done for the content, basically. Oh, 100%. Because like... I think also the, the whole The, the whole process was asking, documented. Yeah, I think... Also, the people who are asking about his welfare getting blocked, that's also very telling. Because if it was yeah. just something that you were struggling with and you wanted to, you know, reveal, you know, why, you would yeah. be open and honest about it rather than just not have him appear in any more videos and hope that no one asks. I just, I think the whole thing just, like, felt really um, gross to me because obviously this is this is a white couple with multiple kids of their own. 
mm-hmm. and they're adopting a Chinese boy with a learning difficulty. I I don't know. Like I feel like there there could be a whole episode on like international adoptions and the oh, ethics yeah. of it because. Um, anyway, I wanted to talk uh, something about relating to what you said before about how TV entertainment has different regulations to influencing mm. like on social media because yeah. it, it in general right child exploit child exploitation in like sort of the digital age is quite rife because you have parents needing to safeguard their children's human rights. Um, mm. at the same time as profiting off their children's participation. So obviously the, the parents are putting time and effort Conflicting into interests. Channels, yeah. yes, exactly. Um, so it's essentially their business, but also they have this responsibility to safeguard their child as well. And for yeah. most people, like a lot of times there is this problem with balance because there are two motivations that are difficult to balance if parents become obsessed with like growth and success of their business essentially well, sometimes it's the only form of income is like, exactly is yeah ch- and so channel. it becomes a non-negotiable that the child has to comply with mm. parents wishes that they continue doing this performance essentially um it is a performance because even though even if they're doing something naturally what they'd be doing anyway if say the child decides that they don't want to do it anymore because they've grown out of it they don't want to be in the public eye anymore as you said yeah um as you said mentioned before they were there were situations where um the children have kind of had an awareness and realization that they were being exploited because they're having way too much shared about them on the internet Mm. um so children like are lacking this legal right to the earnings they generate and to safe working conditions and protections via labor laws. So like a slightly unrelated but related example would be Britney Spears, like how her father is um, a conservator or something of her Mm. business and how he was managing her and like Michael Jackson's dad as well. Michael Jackson joined the Jackson Five when he was just five years old and his dad joseph jackson was like brutally controlling his kids and all most of his kids started to rebel and like say we're not taking this abuse and this um level of control anymore yeah and it's just like a strong case in the modern age for expanding existing legislation because when you're a kid on social media and you're filming in your own home your private Mm. home and you're parents are just filming you doing what you'd usually do or things that you know would happen in life just generally yeah and your it's your parent who's doing it so it doesn't class as work because you're in a private space and the relationship between parent and child means that it's not an employer employee relationship and so that's just generally doesn't yeah. fall under yeah. working legal stuff anyway but there was a um as you said laws surrounding like tv and child entertainment in like yeah there TV there are so many cuz like even the the Britney Spears and the the Michael Jackson thing this happened a long time ago and yeah so, exactly as a result of like them coming forward and whatnot 
I'm mm-hmm. sure that the laws have been updated to yeah, prevent so the first the first kind of ever TV again. law was called Coogan's Law, which was in originated in California in 1939, and that was because Jackie Coogan, who is a child actor, um, when when he turned 21, he realised that his parents had spent all of his earnings from his film career. So all the work he'd done and all the sacrifices he'd made up to the age of 21, his parents had just gone and blown all of that money. So he had absolutely nothing. Um, And so they made Coogan's Law, which was to protect against it, um, that happening. And so the law ensures parents have to establish a protected trust account to um, deposit a portion of their child's wages until they're 18. But that's yeah, for yeah. child entertainment and it doesn't cover all the points relevant to influencers. So lawmakers were trying to revise the bill to include social media advertising in 2018, mm. but it was unsuccessful. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't work because um, at the moment, Facebook, Instagram and YouTube have a policy where you have to be 13 to open accounts. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm, technically, mm-hmm. if you're a baby or if you're like a toddler or anything under the age of 13, like you're not, it's not your account exactly but like it's kind of that gray area because it's like well your parents are managing you and they are owning the account but the actual content of the account is the kid like everything is to do with the kid if you remove the kid from the equation yeah there are even some like uh instagram accounts where they'll even write in the bios and stuff as if they were the child yeah like i went to a birthday party today that kind of thing exactly and so and the big tech companies won't do anything about it no because they're they themselves are profiting off these yeah exactly platforms yeah because at the moment if you're um a kid working for film or tv i think like you said that you have to have a your parents set up a a trust fund account and i think it's actually 100 percent of earnings now go to the child there's also limits on um how many hours that they can work per day there's always uh also you need to have like a member of family as well as like a child psychologist or a child handler on set at all times they're just like all these things uh, to protect the child. And mm-hmm. none of that exists when it comes to YouTube, Instagram, um, TikTok, any kind of content. Because I was I was looking at, um, they, I think CNN did a documentary where it was looking like behind the scenes of these uh, child influencers. And it's, it's, it's a full-time working job. It's like the parents negotiate all these brand deals and sponsored stuff. And then they have, they have to like organize photo shoots so they'll take the kids to like yeah. a location, put them in different clothing and say like, oh, go stand by that tree and smile and wave and stuff. And it's it's so weird because then they they even sat down the kids and they were like, there were these twins and they were like five years old or something. And they're like, do you do you know what Instagram is? And they're like, no. <laughs> and they're like, you, you realize you have 2.3 million followers. And the kid is just like, I want to be a mermaid. <laughs> and they have like no clue what's going on, <laughs> which is kind of weird i suppose yeah i mean the ethics around that is so difficult because then you're like okay well the kid isn't actually doing any work like they don't actually realize like yeah yeah they don't they aren't actually changing anything about themselves to try but the, and attract. Like, the, the the um defense from the parents is first of all it's like oh it doesn't it's not a job because they're enjoying it but the thing is like a, a child's like sense of joy and stuff is it's like they they think candy tastes good all the time if you mm. just keep giving them candy they're not going to be a healthy child i think it becomes a problem when they are pulled out of school or they're missing oh, opportunities yeah. 
that they would usually have if they were not a child influencer. So Definitely. that's what I mean by the Ryan thing was just way above, like, off board. Because I don't even know. Is he is he going to normal school? I don't know. But in my eyes, he would not he would be he would not be living the same life if he wasn't. Definitely. Uh, a YouTuber. And also also with the, the kid influencing thing, um, yeah, there's no law, like a lot of the defense is, oh, well, I'll use this money. I'm putting this money aside for the kid when he's older or like I'm using this money to um, send my, my other children to college and stuff. But there's no, there's nothing in law to actually ensure that that happens. So obviously yeah. like all these parents could say, yeah, all this money is going to the kid. There's no, there's nothing to hold them accountable to that. You know, they, they don't have to exactly if and then when you see them like moving into a nice big house with a nice car it's like like they're buying like nice cars and stuff i've seen family channels where they're moving house lavish holidays big cars and i'm sure i'm sure they would claim that's for the good of their child as well <laughs> yeah definitely also um another thing that is really interesting when it comes to these um like child influences that i feel uncomfortable about is the fact that there's there's no consent that's being given and so the parent could be filming all sorts of stuff to do with their child. And then what happens when the child is like 15 or 16 and starts going to high school? How are they going to feel with the fact that all these YouTube videos of when like embarrassing moments when they're a baby is mm -hmm. like free for everyone to see? I don't feel like because YouTube is so young, we, we haven't really seen it yet. But in the next 10, 15 years, we are going to see all these like yeah. children from YouTube like growing up. And mm -hmm. I don't know how they're going to, like, reckon with the fact that, like, every single aspect of, like, their childhood has been documented and shared with, like, millions of people. Because I was, um, just out of curiosity, I searched up potty training video into the YouTube search. And there were millions of results of people, like, vlogging their kid, like, learning how to use the toilet. And oh I just, goodness. like, it's so embarrassing thinking of, like, imagine if you're, like, a 15-year-old and... There is videos of your mummy being like, ooh, William, like, peed his pants today. He keeps, like, peeing his pants. What am I going to... You know what I mean? Like... Yeah. Yeah. That's... And it's so easy to find. Yeah, I, like, I can't even begin to imagine what that could be like. Because some of these some of these vlogs are really embarrassing. Like, they don't hold back. It's like, like, William peed his pants again. Or William's having night terrors and keeps, like, wetting the bed. How to... Top tips on how to stop your kid from wetting the bed. It's... <laughs> Like, oh my God, imagine having that online and then you go to university or something. I don't even think university is the most embarrassing age. I think the most, the age where you're most vulnerable to that is definitely primary school. Primary school? Like, I, would, I would say secondary school. I would like say year eight. Year six, <laughs> year six, year seven. Yeah, early secondary maybe. That was the worst time. Dude, they would never let you live. I can 100% see these kids getting like bullied because mm, of it. Definitely. Yeah, and, and I think that issue of, like, consent is is a, a big thing. Because I know that, um, which I don't know. I wonder if, I, I bet you there are some child actors who are older who start regretting the stuff they did as a kid. But also, at least with child actors, it's like they were playing a part and that, you know, it wasn't actually real. Whereas, like, with these vlogging channels, their whole, like, appeal is that this is reality. Ironically ironically that's what makes that's what makes it not um written in law that they're protected because they're not playing a performance that the fact that it is a performance wow. makes it work but it's oh that's that's so bad though 
because it's, it's it's actually more damaging if it's real i think just like that before we go uh i wanted to bring up elsagate and just like the mess that is youtube have you heard of elsagate i no i haven't this this came up in um a couple of years ago i think it was 2017 or 2018 and it was basically that uh all these videos were getting uploaded to youtube which were marketed towards children and a lot of parents would be happy for their kids to watch it because it would just be like animations of nursery rhymes or basic sketches um and there's like because of the autoplay function it just meant that like kids would just be eating these up like continually um Mm. the thing is there was no regulation or like screening of these videos so sometimes these videos would contain like really harmful messages and it would just go by like subliminally almost because it would be things like um Peppa Pig but then it would be like a reenactment of 9-11 or like it would be what? Mickey Mouse but then it would be like a hostage situation where one of the characters would die but that touch you know what that touches on our fan fiction episode about um <laughs> real life situations and like how appropriate or not not appropriate it is to oh yeah but the, the thing is this... in works of fiction yeah I mean well, if it's for adults like it doesn't really matter whatever like you can have Peppa Pig you know in a mildly sexual situation and if it's for adults it'd be weird but it'd be okay but the thing is this was like targeted for children and the audience for it would be what like kind of aiming to reach that part of children where they like perverse things the thing is I actually don't know and like this Elsagate thing there was even a subreddit that was trying to investigate like who is behind this? What what are their motivations? And like, it got, remember, bit, like it got a bit conspiracy do you remember, theory. Um, salad fingers. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's stuff like that, which I there's a kind of genre on YouTube where it's just like really creepy, mildly creepy things that are kind of like badly animated. Yeah. Shrek is at... love. Shrek is life. Yes, things like mm. that. Um, that's what I meant by kind of targeting kids love of the perverse like they kind of know that they shouldn't be watching it but they are maybe and also like i think i think so because at least like salad fingers it's kind of edgy and cool when you're like 12 and you're a bit <laughs> <laughs> you can at least like understand what they're saying but also a lot of these um skits wouldn't even have spoken words so that it would like skip the language barrier for oh, all damn. kids yeah. um yeah so you would get these um really weird like animations um, which would include things like, I'm going to list them out, murder, pregnancy, cannibalism, partial nudity, dismemberment. And there was even, like, Elsagate really exploded when there were even adults who were dressing up as these characters and then, like, performing, like, silly skits. So it would be, like, um, Spider-Man, Elsa, and Cinderella uh, have a race on a beach or something, or, like, get play in the garden wait so that and that it's not an animation it's an actual it's it's like actual people like these are like badly filmed actors is elsa gate the name of the channel is that what it is elsa gate is like uh you know like pizza gate or like Watergate. but what has elsa got to do with it because elsa was the most uh popular character at that time so a lot of these videos would include elsa right but then but then the problem yeah so then it got really uh came to everyone's attention when like there were these channels which actually had real people dressing up as Elsa and it would Elsa 
having a fight with Spider-Man, but then it gets like weirdly sexual. Um, just like camera angles, like nothing explicit, but just like weird camera angles and like, it's just like, why? Why are you doing this? Oh dear. I think part of it is um, the creators themselves can't resist putting in like what they think to be Easter eggs, but it's just actually really, really obvious. Like, you know, <laughs> you know kind of how what yeah, Disney tries feel to like do, it's... but just way worse. Oh, like, way worse. I think people get a kick out of trying to do things that they think will fly under the radar but is like risky enough that like as in that kids won't get it at that age but like they know that it's something that they shouldn't be watching but they won't 100% get it yeah so you're basically telling me that humanity is doomed and that yeah no I mean humanity <laughs> people just are a perverted prick anyway like yeah yeah they just do things just for the sake of like it's almost like can. because they can yeah they they'll do it just at least try it that's why i think children's entertainment is so scary like if i had a kid i don't know if i i if i had a kid i don't think i would let them ever on youtube like i know it would be really hard giving a child unlimited access to the internet is not good i mean there are all. child child uh, filters and stuff like that but, uh, yeah, but like the thing is if... there, when there is a will there is a way do you not remember when we were kids it was like you couldn't go on mini clip but you could go on cool maths games I like that's that's only yeah. just going to keep evolving. Like kids will always outchase the the parents and the authorities that are trying to put locks on these things. Yeah, true. I, I mean, my cousin is thirteen and knows about VPNs and all that. So I'm like, we are really doomed, aren't we? Because <laughs> I think that's it. That's been our episode mm-hmm. on kid influences. Let us know what you think on our Instagram, which is at the Cut Up Podcast, and there'll be more updates on our twitter which is at look it up pod we'll see you next time bye bye